Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles and joining me in the happiest of happy places are Chessie and Danny. How are you guys? You okay? Oh, now we've won promotion. This is what we sing. We're cobblers, we're cobblers. And Keith Cull is the king, Charles. He's the king of women. He's the king of women. I won't have a bad word said about him, old Curly Whirly. Never in doubt. Definitely not. Never in doubt. Never. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. You're quite right. Oh, what a week it has been. A, I, I can't. I mean, the, what the elephant in the room is, of course, that Neil isn't here. He's literally <laughs> gone missing. Is it an elephant? He or has it not a been seen. <laughs> was it another hedgehog? <laughs> Did the hedgehogs get him? <laughs> oh dear! And the last time we literally saw him was when he was at Sixfields reporting on the team's return from Wembley. I mean, um, was he reporting? With about 10% battery on his phone. Was he reporting, really? Because 
Karen did a lot better Not job really. than he did. <laughs> yeah, Karen <laughs> showed him up, really, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, you're quite right, he did. <laughs> I mean, it was very, very poor. He spent more time reporting on his battery life on his phone than he did this. <laughs> um, <laughs> can, can we can we just shout out Alan McCormack for giving the warning for six minutes, which I think was just perfect. Oh, absolutely brilliant. brilliant. I loved it. I loved the fact that he just went, six minutes boys yeah <laughs> you know, just like that. i reckon north ants police looked at that and went oh shit <laughs> oh come on let's be fair right <laughs> there were already at least a hundred or so people down there there was more than that yeah there was more than that flares and all sorts of going on what a... <laughs> yeah. oh, which we don't know because of the old virus and all that but you know Oh, Liverpool yeah, have done I, it. Forget, forget the virus, all right? Just forget the virus. Just, I'm not saying forget it and go and catch it or anything. I just mean let's not let's have a virus-free pod, okay? At the end of the day, it was well new, worth celebrating. Charles is changing the slogan now. Forget the virus, celebrate, have a party. <laughs> the cobblers are going up. New advice from the government. <laughs> New advice from the government, give Keith Kerr a new contract. <laughs> give Keith a chance. I mean, technically, at the minute, Keith Kerr a contract. <laughs> technically, he is, yeah. Technically, yeah. right now. He's jobless at the minute, I can't. as we speak. <laughs> oh, don't. Don't do it. Just don't do it. It's like earlier on today, you were talking about, oh, we should get the retain list at some point. And I was going, I'd, I'd rather know if we've got a manager first. Yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't it be, again, classic Keith Curl first promotion in 18 years? Sorry, Keith. Off you go. Not that I want that to happen, but can you imagine? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just so, I'm giddy. And it's, you know, 48 hours later. I'm, I'm really? so giddy. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I think, I'm glad we made the decision because last week we recorded on Tuesday night, the night after the Cheltenham second leg, and I think that was a bad decision because we all sounded absolutely knackered. <laughs> Neil was attacked by a hedgehog. All sorts was going on. <laughs> so this time, at least we're giving it a bit of time before we can actually wake up again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe one more day. Again, what a ridiculous day again. What amazing, <sighs> amazing time. How we've done it twice in a row as well. Exactly. It's the it's the type of performance that we put in. I mean, you don't have. It's very rare to get two wins in a row at the moment. <laughs> so to go out and put those sort of performances in and absolutely thrash two teams, two teams that are, are being touted as you know two of the best teams in the league as well. Uh, you know, forgive me, Swindon, but you know it's 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 one of those. It's laughable. Yeah. Well, there's people coming out on Twitter and stuff saying, oh, they don't deserve it. They're snuck into the playoffs. But like you said, we've just beat two of the better teams in the division. We beat Cheltenham, who had hardly conceded a goal. We've beaten X2, who were regarded as supposed to have been in the top three at the end of the season. We've just gone and battered both of them. And it's, of course, we deserve to go up. Ridiculous. I, I, if anybody ever says anything about us not deserving to go up, I'm, I'm just going to force them to sit down and watch... Cheltenham second leg followed by Wembley like literally like a like well like when a new Star Wars film comes out of the cinema and they put on like some the, the full trilogy of what's happened before you know you can go and get a ticket to all of it all in one go that's that's what I would do is I'd force them to watch those two games back to back and then just to say and now say we don't deserve to get promoted oh yeah it's, it's absolutely people who haven't seen the games for sure you're saying that's 
It's probably oh. all the Exeter fans as well, bless their hearts. I mean, we've had flush flooding in uh, Somerset, and I think it's their tears, if I'm honest. It, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a tempting drive home from work earlier, and uh, I couldn't really see anything. I thought, oh, that's definitely the Exeter fans' tears. But yeah, I have milked I, this for all it's worth. By the way, can I? Because obviously, I think I actually said this about a month ago. I was like, "Oh my god, if we get in the playoffs and we lose to Exeter in the final, it would be awful." We've won, and I'm literally milking it for all it's worth at the moment. I don't blame you, and I would expect nothing less. I mean, uh, the one thing that I I was quite surprised about i I went onto Twitter yesterday when I finally became human again, <laughs> and I I was I, I did a search for Exeter. Because I thought, I want to see what they're saying. Because normally, you'd have fans of the other club sort of jumping onto, you know, tweets that either the official club Twitter account has put out or, you know, a few of the more vocal fans, you know, some someone on a wind-up mission would come on and say something or other. But there was absolutely nothing. And I, and I also say, I, I didn't see very many um, extra fans coming on and sort of saying, oh, well done, you know, blah, 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 like again, sometimes you would get the odd fan that would sort of turn around and go, yes, you were the better team, you know, congratulations or whatever. Literally, it seemed like the whole of Exeter had just been destroyed and didn't exist anymore because it was so hard to find any Exeter fans on Twitter. It's literally like they all just sort of went, nah, Twitter's not for me anymore. Goodbye. The best, <laughs> the best one I saw was... I laugh. If I was on the other end of it, I'd be really upset. But, but you're not. You're on this end of it. So therefore, said, you're going to say it. Someone <laughs> said, where do we go from here? And someone replied, Barrow. We go to Barrow. That's <laughs> 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 like, just won it for me. That has won it for me. I mean, you have, you, you have to do this because we've won. Um, we would be completely the opposite had we have lost, but I don't care at the moment. But I don't care. There's nothing look, on the look. same side. There's there's nothing to say against us that we didn't deserve it or anything. So what what more can they say apart from just be disappointed? So I think if that was us, I'd stay away from Twitter. And after the Bradford game, I'd definitely stay off it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. after, after Bradford, I was like, I I made sure I stayed in Wembley and clapped Bradford up because they just they were the better team. And I thought next time this happens, I want to be on the other side of it, knowing that we've gone through that and being on the winning side of it, having known that that bad feeling and that's completely turned it around for me. Like every ghost of that Bradford game's now gone for me. Like we can move on from it. Um We do you know what? I actually feel like we can mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we we've gone we've gone through that whole thing of like, nope, we're not nope, didn't exist, didn't happen. Blah, 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 nope. Every time one of us goes to mention it, somebody will all. I feel like now we can actually turn around and go, it's fine. That happened. But now we've just scored four goals at Wembley. Yeah, I, I was trying to think. One, when was the last time we scored four goals ever um, under this like team and, and, and with this squad? And two, it's our biggest game, biggest win of the season. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to work out because I know we scored four against Crew and Plymouth, but we conceded as well, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was trying to rack my brains, thinking I can't, I actually can't remember. And then also, oh my god, Tasha's just come home with more Easter eggs. Okay, um, <laughs> Chessie's Jess, got her Easter egg habit back after uh, the live stream after the game. I swear. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So there's another twenty-four just arrived at my house. Okay, cracking. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah, but I was trying to work out. 
I was trying to work out um, uh, <clears throat> in terms of like where that ranks in the best performances in terms of goals, and I I can't think back ever. I, no, ever. I think no, that's it. Think... That is the best. Done. <laughs> Sorted it. Finished. Kaboom. <laughs> It was so uncobbler's like, wasn't it? Like <laughs> I think that's thing. why it was great. And I don't like the, the commentator. Like, and I, I'm never gonna. There should be a lesson to not think superstitiously again, because that commentator was constant about oh, our play. Our team's never lost in stripes in the playoff final. Our team's never come from two 0 down in the playoff final. Our team's never like whatever had eleven green <laughs> noses or whatever in the playoff final um, <laughs> constantly even when we're two up, like, or this is going to be such a tough turnaround now and I'm thinking no, don't don't say it don't say it but I'm like just yeah. because it's up yeah. I, actually, um, I actually felt more uncomfortable when the second one went in than when the first <laughs> one went in because obviously everyone knows why but yeah. also as well on about 76 minutes just before we scored the third I can't even remember I can't actually remember what point it was but the commentator was like, the commentator was like, oh, this would make a really nail-biting end. We were literally slaughtering them. Like, there was no competition. Yeah, he was yeah, trying it was to a... make it like there was some kind of competition. They didn't turn up. Like, we could have played no. in an empty stadium and they would have put up more of a fight. The grass would have put up more of a fight than the players on the pitch. <laughs> I, I, I did think at that point, because there were, there were certain times, like, I mean, if, if you go back, because there are some points that I think have been forgotten about because of the result, which I think is great. But when Scott Wharton was yellow carded so early on, oh my God. I, I yeah. just had visions of what had happened in the first leg against Cheltenham with Charlie Good getting, getting booked. I, I literally went, I almost, I almost deflated any optimism that I actually had. Cause I literally went, yeah, okay, this isn't going to happen now, is it? It was. It was only when the third went in. I was like, "We've got yeah. this." It literally yeah, only it. then. And it's so weird, isn't it, to think that because we now look at. I've watched it like fifteen times, but like when I've watched it back, I'm like, "We there. There was nothing in that game at all." I don't think. Bless him, Steve Arnold, who I think was brilliant. Apart from the obvious goalkeeping things that you need to do as a goalkeeper, he didn't have a lot to do. <laughs> He made one save. He had one save yeah. to make. Had one shot on target mm. in the whole game, and he saved it quite comfortably. And I, I just, you know, I've seen a couple of people on on either social media or the hotel end or wherever talking about how they they didn't feel comfortable with Arnold in goal at the lineup announcement for the second leg against Cheltenham, and then you look at him and you go, he's had a really really solid two games and the commanding of the area in both games as well was outstanding um and this isn't going to be a negative pod at all by the way but i just <laughs> felt that he was he was a bit more he was he was better than di cornell in that regard so i think he, it, he i think you're right he bossed that defense didn't he mm, that's it, it for me, it was just every single player on that pitch. Des- I mean, every single player on that pitch deserves a, a, a bloody holiday in Marbella. A night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Kelvin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, genuinely, every single player to a man, they were exceptional. Absolutely exceptional. And 
I kind of felt a little bit sorry for the fact that th- there were players that had to be left on the bench. Yeah. yeah. That, that couldn't yeah. get involved. You, you know, I mean, you're, you're seeing pictures uh, of, of the players in the change room after the game with the trophy. And there was, was it Scott Pollock? Yeah, Jay Morgan Williams Roberts. and Morgan Roberts. Was mm-hmm. it Jay Williams? Yeah, I'm presuming mm-hmm. it was. Um, who, you know, all in their tracksuits. And and you kind of felt like, I know they're young and, you know, they've got plenty of chances to, to have that happen again in the future. But but part of me did think, I feel a bit sorry for you boys. I think, it, I think um, it's a really difficult call to make isn't it as a manager I mean I don't I don't know what was going through Keith's head but ironically um a manager I do promotion well yeah but (laughs) but 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 ironically where he normally he's one of those those people that changes things quite regularly and quite early um sometimes to his detriment in the early days but actually in the run-in that we had before uh, we obviously the season got kind of abandoned he actually was getting those tactical substitutions spot on and we on a few occasions we've all sat here and said you know what those substitutions were really good and it it was weird because we were sat watching this game and he didn't need to make any substitutions because it was working so well (laughs) like we were under no pressure and it was like he it's almost like he didn't need to because there was literally no point do you know what I mean yeah yeah I do I just you know my, my point is literally that you know some some of the lads couldn't get on the pitch to play, and that's a shame. But you know they were all part of the experience, and it was all really, really good. I mean, there were just so many. There's so much really to talk about from that game that I think I think sometimes since we've been doing this pod, we've 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 obviously had some big wins. Uh, Macclesfield last season, for example. You know there was, you know the whole. Um, uh, I can't even think of the guy's name. Who's Crooks. the guy that scored the four goals? Matt Crooks. Matt Crooks. Thank mm. you, Danny. Look, I mean, he's dead to me because he left. But, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, big, big wins like that where Matt Crooks scores all four goals at Macclesfield. And yet, this, this, I don't think we've ever had so much to talk about from one single game. And I know that there's obviously promotion on the end of this game, but I, I just I'm still so in awe of what's happened and yeah. so happy and so elated for absolutely everyone. This time I think we've had the whole playoff package. Whereas before we've had the final was the most memorable thing about ninety seven you look at. The ninety eight you think of the semi final with Bristol Rovers, the final's a bit of a damp squib and we lost it. Um, the 2013, we just didn't speak of before at all, but we remember Bayo's knockdown and Guthrie's strike. But this time, we've had a comeback in the semi-final and a ridiculous Wembley win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like the the whole thing was there this time. It's funny, isn't it? Because I've I've seen a lot of pe- I've seen a lot of messages, and I've spoken to a lot of people who said, oh, "I bet you're gutted you weren't there." Isn't it weird that in a strange kind of way, I'm not? Obviously, I would have, you know, given a limb to watch that happen live. But I honestly believe that this is a real transformation moment for the club in terms of of what it's managed to achieve under all the circumstances that everyone knows about. Um, but to, to be stood in my lane, waving a flag and parading up and down 
at half past ten in the evening was the most fitting way to celebrate something so ridiculous and we'll never get that experience hopefully if we don't have another pandemic in our lifetimes we'll never get that experience again and in like 50 60 years we can say to our kids and grandkids oh you know i was there when we had to sit at home and watch it on the telly and it's one of those moments you think actually that will live with us for a really long time for all completely different realize uh, reasons and it's gonna it's completely unique to this year and it's just testament to the amazing job this club have done and not just Keith Kell, not just the players, but that entire club have put their heart into whatever's gone on behind closed doors over the last few months. And I, I actually think it was the reward every single one of them deserved. Hello, it's Danny here and I just wanted to thank you for listening to It's All Cobblers To Me and to tell you how you can help support the podcast. Every week I badger Charles to play Name That Bench every single time or to talk about Sam Hoskins' goal at Tranmere for the whole hour, meaning editing is a lot more challenging than squeezing Richard Hope into an all-time Cobblers 11. That's why we set up our own Patreon page. For just five US dollars a month, that's around four quid, you'll help to keep the podcast going and get your very own thank you jingle. So if you enjoy what we do and want to support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Now, back to the pod. So obviously the game itself, uh, I mean, like I said, so much to talk about. Um, first off, it was the same starting lineup. Everyone agreed with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, definitely was. All right, Jesse. Correct, Charles. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't someone, uh, we had a grand plan to try and reveal the lineups on our Facebook Live pre-game, and then someone, a couple of people, just beat me to it because James Hennigan had tweeted before the official count. So <laughs> we looked a bit silly there. Well, I looked a bit silly there. You, you did look a bit silly. Yeah, that's right. You did. <laughs> but I came to you and said, "What's the team you've got?" And you went, "I don't know. It's not out yet." Four people in the chat. <laughs> There's a lineup on changed. The- <laughs> There's a lineup, Cammy. Is there? It seems it seems that mysterious curl is not so mysterious. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, look, I, I don't want to talk about like detailed analysis of how the players were and all this, that, and the other. But I mean, my God, they were good, weren't they? Mm, they rang their legs off, didn't they? Nicky Adams, quite literally as well, which is so <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Do you know if ever I felt so sorry for a player it was Nicky but then that kind of dissipated over the 90 minutes because as soon as he went off we scored and then you could just see him on the sidelines just like laughing to himself and I thought yeah he knows we've done this and uh yeah, bless to be him. Honest, it, it's the quickest recovery from a hamstring <laughs> that I've ever seen Nicky <laughs> go on Nicky yes. lad when I saw him I was like yes go on he ran pretty quickly to Kelvin Thomas on the phone afterwards <laughs> he asking for 25% please Kelvin <laughs> Bloody luck, oh, man. Love him. Yeah. Oh, but um, I loved how he said to was it McCormack who went over to him when he was down and just said win it for me. And then about mm. ten seconds later, we'd scored our second. I think, yeah. and he said didn't he after the game that um, he would have been feeling a lot more jittery if they hadn't scored it. And he was walking mm-hmm. off, and suddenly they scored, and, he, and he's thinking, oh well, go on then, lads. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, as well, I think that was a, we actually. I think we talked about it last night that that moment was probably one of the most underrated moments because of the whole occasion. We, we forgot about that, but that really did show the character that these lads have got and actually 
all right, they were, they were playing it for us and they were playing it for the fans, they were playing it for the medal and what have you. But if you watch one of your teammates go down when you're that close as a group, which they know they are, they probably really wanted it a little bit more as well. Yeah, I mean, look at... Look at there's been there's been one of these um, uh, polls, hasn't there, in one of the Facebook groups. I think it's in the Shoe Army group, or it might even be on the Hotel End, to be honest, where people are actually asking, you know, to compare the two sides. So this season's team to Chris Wilder's 2015-16 title-winning season. And I keep sort of just looking at it and going, actually, I'd rather compare this side almost to Colin Coldwood's team that won promotion. Mm. There's a smattering of youngsters in amongst a few old heads that are just full of experience and, and full of know-how in terms of how to win a game of football and promotion out of this division, which has been really, really good. But I mean, in that moment where Nicky gets you know injured and has to go off, the one man that is straight there is Alan McCormack. Yeah. And... You can see Alan's just as upset as Nicky is for Nicky. And, and you know, Alan. I think Alan's 36, is he? And Nicky's 33. So, I mean, they're two of the more experienced players in the team. And I think that without the older heads like Alan McCormack still being on the pitch, then we would have fallen apart a lot more easily with Nicky going off. Mm, I actually really agree with that. I think it's very much, you could actually probably compare two parallels, one being Sean Dyche and one being Alan McCormack, and they almost run exactly how um, they each other work. Like Sean Dyche is pretty much a mirror image of Alan McCormack and vice versa. And I think in the playoffs, in particular, the semi-final where we came back, those kind of characters were the ones that that probably got us through it. If you look at Alan McCormack, I mean, he's an absolute nutter. But, and and I, I mean that in the loveliest way, he's completely nuts and we love him for it. But what he has got is he's got the ability to to rile the opposition up and, and go like a madman on the pitch, which is brilliant, but also channel that for those youngsters and be that role model that they need. Like when Oli Inka came on, that's a massive occasion. You know, he... It, and it's you've got to make sure that people are prepared for that. And you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with, with Alan McCormack and, and, and Nicky Adams, those experienced heads, what they're saying to these youngsters in the changing room before, how they're coaching them through that, because that isn't all going to come from Keith Curl. Yeah, it's leadership is the mm. key word, I think. Um, whenever you look back on teams that got promotion from League Two specifically, in League Two, you've got to have leaders in that squad and we've got it throughout the whole spine we've got Charlie Goode Alan McCormack Nicky Adams even for Dane Oliver leading by example up front you've got a core team and Nicky was saying to us when he was on that Zoom call wasn't he that they've got like a leadership group that then will will kind of chat to the lads and then sort of relate that to Keith Curl and, and that's how they go about doing it and if you've got four or five leaders on the pitch then you're going to be a match for anyone I just think yeah that we've, we've got that in abundance and we've, we need to keep hold of it in League One. Mm, yes, it's really important we don't let any of this lot go to, within reason, if that makes sense. We can't, we cannot allow the dismantlement of a team again. It, it will be so costly. So, Kelvin, if you're listening, can you make sure you sign Keith Girl, okay. Nicky Adams, <laughs> Alan McCormack, and effectively just all of them, please, but Alan McCormack and Keith Curl, 
you know, just start there, please. <laughs> he might not be awake yet, Kelvin Thomas. Bless his heart. He's probably still recovering, isn't he? All right, Kelvin, how are you doing? <laughs> Happy promotion. Congrats. I'm mean, saying that, that that kind of leads me to want to ask the question as to whether actually, you know, do we really believe that this squad could do it in League One? And I, like I said before, this is a celebration. I don't want to really be going. We can we can talk about that kind of thing later on in in preseason. But it, there are going to be questions on the basis of the whole season hasn't been spectacular. So therefore there's definitely questions going to have to be asked. And one of the things that I said, I think, before the playoffs was, well, even if we do go up, then I, I still think there's going to be quite a a lot of work to be done by Keith Curl and, and the management in terms of bringing players in that are League One standard. Just on the basis that I think that he's built a team to get us out of League Two. I don't necessarily think he built a team to, to stay up in League One. Okay. I totally get that. I really do. But let's play devil's advocate slightly mm. and cast our mind back to 2016 and t- 2006. Was it 2006? Yeah, 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Those are the two times that I remember us going up because as I've yeah. only been old enough. Um, and yeah. in, on both occasions, either our manager's gone, our manager and the players, the, the core of those players have gone. That hasn't worked. Now, you might work, we can all sit here and say they might not be good enough for League One, but would it not be a better idea to see if it works this time as opposed to crumble and change the manager, change all the players? You know, they've they've done an incredible job. They may not be the most beautiful footballers because they're not. They're just effective footballers. You've got, at some point, this football club has got to be brave and say, we're going to stick by this lot and let's just see what happens. You've got an entire season to to get your structure right. And we proved this year that by doing that, it worked. So surely it's worth the shot because it hasn't worked. Every other year it hasn't worked. Every time we've done well, it. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I, see, I do see what you're saying. However, this summer, there was a huge turnaround in the squad. And one of the things that is basically what you're saying there is that making huge turnarounds in squads doesn't work, but it does because it's just happened. To me, that's what the the big thing about all of this, about League One now, what we're going into is the mentality, the mentality that the players going in are going to have. And that comes from Keith Cole. As long as Keith Cole stays as manager, I think we need to be really careful about what we verbalise and, and potentially manage our expectations around what the signings are because they potentially won't be the people who are scoring 20 goals a season. They potentially won't be people who you've heard of necessarily as much. But what the Dane Oliver shows in particular is if you've got the right mentality, you can go a long way. What Chris Wilder's done with Sheffield United shows he can take players from League One and play Premier League to, um, football and almost get into Europe with the right mentality and with working at it and and doing working to your strengths and what Keith Curl's done is completely put everyone in the right mentality. So I don't think it's particularly a matter of quality in League One. It's just whether we can keep Keith Curl and whether he can be motivated enough to put that mentality into them week in, week out when you're playing you know, Saturday, Tuesday, which hasn't been happening all season. 
but would need to happen in League One if we're going to make a stand. And, I, and what what these two particular games this week have done is shown that he can instill that mentality in in a group that you might think haven't been as good quality, but you you can if you just if you do work at it and everyone's together. And that that's the that's the key thing is keeping everything together and building on what we've got. Okay. The end. Moving away from that and back to the game. Favorite yes. goal. I mean, <laughs> the which the, which one, Danny, was your favorite goal? <laughs> do I need to ask? You know what? I didn't even know that he'd scored it until about two two minutes later. <laughs> because, two minutes. <laughs> yeah, because that. Like I think Chelsea mentioned it earlier, but that that third goal was the moment. What was about ten minutes left? It was the moment when everything broke for me and I thought that's it we've done it and I think the entire the yeah yeah well, the Billy was um, <laughs> the it was just he's, he's the fact that it was Hoskins yeah it's true the fact that Sorry, it was please. Hoskins just puts the biggest cherry on top of that moment I mean that to me was the whole lockdown everything we've gone through in the playoffs everything that's been building to and we, we were 2-0 up there's still 10 minutes to go there's still a chance they're going to get back into it, into it even with 10 men but that moment when we scored a third and I thought that's it we've done it I, I literally just fell on the floor and I just bawled my eyes out because it was just a release of just the entire time from February till now that we've all gone through a hell of a lot of stuff as a lot of people have as football fans that people who aren't football fans don't understand or won't understand that why football can suddenly make such a difference but that that moment was that time when I thought we've done it and we've we've actually won at Wembley and we've won a playoff final after all of this and it wasn't the it was good quality build up I think Morton did so well in holding the ball up and Marshall who played really well as well did well to get the ball in and Hoskins finished it but just the moment in itself to me was was the key thing with that goal. Yeah, I, I can I can understand that. Um, Chessie, what was your favourite? I have to agree with Danny, um, purely because my my mindset and my my thought process was, right, got one goal, yep, good, excellent, <laughs> got two, oh god, it's <laughs> 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 only going to go one way. And actually, um, like Danny said just before that, I was thinking if they get back into this now. We are never going to hear the last of it. And I was thinking, please don't, please don't, please don't. And then you can see the hold-up play, like you said, Danny, from Morton was just excellent. Marshall, who was, it, it was just ridiculous how brilliant his crossing was on the night. And you can just see, bless him, little Sammy Hoskins running, <laughs> <laughs> running into the penalty area. And I'm thinking, of all the people, if he skies this now, there's gonna <laughs> there's gonna be a nightmare. And I'm thinking, don't sky it, don't sky it. And then he smashed it in the back of the net. I'm thinking, he's never done that in his oh, life. Bless him. Oh, don't be like no, 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 not like at Wembley, like on that occasion. Yeah. Like okay. he's never been able like to to do something like that. And it was almost like all of those critics just kind of got blown out the back of that net. Like in a few seconds, because so many people are saying he won't make it, he won't be able to score at Wembley, he won't be able to get his promotion. Well, they are happy days done. Oh, we'll never win promotion with Hoskins in the team is something I've seen so much this season. <laughs> yeah, on, on yeah, exactly. message boards and Twitter and stuff. And he deserves that moment for himself. Like you could see how much it meant to him, and you could—he yeah. really, really deserves that moment. We joke about it a lot, but 
it's got to be in the conversation for player of the year and stuff. Probably not quite yeah. as up there as some, but he's just he's properly brought into the curl mentality. Like going back to that again, and he's become a different player. He's changed that he can. He's become a lot more versatile, and he's added goals to his game. And he, I just really think he deserved that moment. I think I, I agree with you. I think with I, double I, figures as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you made it. I think with Hos- I think with Hoskins, the thing thing for me is, um, he's not an out and out goal scorer in terms of the fact that you're guaranteed twenty goals a season. You're not. That's not what you're getting with him. <clears throat> but what was so important, and we forgot it several occasions this season <clears throat> is that it goes quite wrong when he's not playing because we're not able to create the formation that we create when he's playing and that's the massive difference with him and that's where he's so underrated and unappreciated because without the ability to play in that formation there was no way we'd have been a form like that so regardless of the goal or not he was worth every you know hit that he took bless not his heart me. i was overjoyed for him i really was not many double promotion winners in our squad either right no. <laughs> I did did uh, did any of you say I think it was on Instagram and I think it was either an official cobbler's insta what are they called? Insta posts? Um show me age there. Don't know how to use Instagram. <laughs> was it the story? Uh, <laughs> you'll get me on TikTok later and I won't have a bloody clue. Um, <laughs> um there was a, there were some pictures of Sam Hoskins through the years. Did you see it? No, yeah. I didn't he see that. Though. So young, he is sat there, and I'm not. If you've not seen this photo, it's blinking brilliant. So, the 2016. It's like the it's like the I've won the trophy, mum photo. <laughs> it's a school photo where he is sat on a chair with the trophy next to him on a table. Was it bigger than and him? And he looks yes, and it looks so it looks so school photo type thing and he looks so young and then you flick through you know a couple of goal scoring celebrations and then there's a picture of him holding the trophy at Wembley and he just looks like the boy has become a man yes (laughs) we get a testimonial soon (laughs) he will halfway there isn't he he's got to be halfway there Um, (laughs) get Ricky back to play he's going to be the next Ian Sampson (laughs) (laughs) Um, my favourite goal has to be personally I think the Callum Morton one Mm. oh actually just before we talk about that the other thing the other thing with uh, Sam's goal was that it wasn't long before that he'd actually just shouted at Callum Morton fucking square it oh yeah and yeah, he could have had the tap in beforehand yeah but that's the sign that's the sign of a goal scorer though right you just you want to be greedy if that was nil-nil you'd be absolutely screaming at him but it's yeah. a sign of a goal scorer that he wanted to take that on himself and I don't really blame him for that oh yeah I well to be so fair much. I mean the was it was it Sky that was saying that that actually his technique this Callum Morton for that shot was actually really, really good. Yeah, it kind of um, spun. It spun off the pitch. It was going in from what it looked like, and it looked like it took a little spin in the middle and just yeah. But the fact that he, he put it through the legs of the keeper first of mm. all was going to go was going towards the bottom corner, and then it goes wide. I can't remember who it was. Whether it, maybe it was um, Ryan Lowe who was saying it, and he, he was basically saying, "Actually, that's <laughs> I'm quite happy with the fact that he had that shot because that's that's class." Okay, yeah. he didn't score it, but there you go. Um, <laughs> My favourite goal has to be Callum Morton's, I think, the second goal. Firstly, because 
it's it's such a quality finish and mm. and you know just just the way it was Wharton Turnbull Martin yeah um, <laughs> he just appeared out of nowhere didn't he well the other thing was was that I must have been ever so slightly behind you guys because <laughs> the WhatsApp literally said so it went from oh no Nicky's going off injured hamstring who's that coming on oh it's Mark Marshall okay and then literally the next thing that I saw. I think was Neil, who had just put the letters in capitals, O-M-F-G. <laughs> I think our WhatsApp, group, our WhatsApp group the whole night was just a series of letters in different ways. There was no right <laughs> yeah, spelling yeah, about yeah. anything. It was just Can a series of jumbled letters. <laughs> that because, because obviously um, I, I was sat with Sean watching it, I put my phone on Don't Disturb, so I didn't see any messages <laughs> the whole game. I got to my phone, right? There's a barrage of WhatsApp messages from you lot. <laughs> Charles started phoning me. No idea why. And then Danny sent me just this massive message going, Jeffy! <laughs> that was it. I think that was after Hoskins scored. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is going on? None of it made sense. It was absolutely mad. But yeah, the goal goes in and I'm like, oh, that's what nil means. <laughs> and, uh, but... Because I was looking down at my phone, I don't think I really... I, I think I saw it as Morton stretches out his legs to put it in the back of the net. Yeah. And I didn't realise it had gone in until he's wheeling away with the rest of the players celebrating. And yeah. I, it was... I, I've seen I've seen a tweet and the guys on the Not The Top 20 podcast as well said it. Linicaresque. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It's but just ginger, that instant. bless his heart. I absolutely, but ginger love, Lineker. Ginger Lineker, like ginger Pele, but Lineker. I just, I think we've got to move heaven and earth to try and sign him next season in one form or another, whether it's on loan or, or splash out on him. Because I honestly think he's such a talent. He's got so much, and the thing about him is, we've seen so many young kids come on loan, haven't we, from Premier League and Championship teams over the years, and just put in a half-assed effort and just use it as a whatever it is to get fit or whatever. But from the minute he's arrived, he's completely brought into the whole club. He's brought into the club. He's brought into the community. He's he's just properly engaged himself in the whole club and not just turned up and played every week just to make it all about himself. He's put in every ounce of himself into this last few months. And these that, those two performances were incredible. Like, like the semi and the final, just he ran his absolute heart out. And he deserves every success he's going to get because I, I honestly think he's going to be one of the one of the better players that's ever played for us because if, and really, really wanting to come back. I, yeah, I, 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 <clears throat> I think that you're 100% right, Danny, but I think it's testament, so like we said earlier, the likes of Alan McCormack, Nicky, Adams, mm-hmm. Keith. God, everything, everything comes <laughs> back to the animal, doesn't it, with you? <laughs> Sorry. I think... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That, the, do you know what? The, the hot dogs in the in the West Stand have improved. <laughs> well, I think that's testament to Alan, Alan McCormack. <laughs> we've, got, we've got card machines in the West Stand now. God, bloody hell, Alan did a great job there, lad. What an hour. But, you know, oh, that he's... World peace has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, 
New sat nav skills. Alan. 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 Right. Um, the other big moment in the match was, of course, Dean Roxy's sending off. Um, I mean, number one, it was an absolute terrible tackle. But number two, if you've not watched the video where there's no commentary and it's just the players that you can hear, then go and find Jefferson Lake's Twitter account because, my God, it is the best video of all time. <laughs> I mean, Danny, you've seen it. What was your favourite line out of the uh, the not safe for work messages that were being shouted? Um, which one was it from Alan or Verdang? Because Verdang called him a little runt or something, didn't he? <laughs> I, that was my favourite. Yeah. Skinny little runt. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I thought he said runt anyway. My something completely yeah, I did as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they tried to take out Alan just before, didn't they? I mean, they did a. <laughs> they tried to dive in front of the animal a couple of seconds before that, and Alan was having none of it. That's screaming in his face, and then that tackle flew in. Is Moxie out of contract, by the way? So, did a yeah, did a, yeah, that's the end of his that. career. I think his Exeter career is just like oh, sod Fantastic. it. I've had enough. What a stupid tackle! If I was like an Exeter fan, I'd be thinking, "What on earth are you doing? It's two nil. We're still in the game. It's the first half." Uh, um, yeah. He was clearly wound up by what had happened yeah. just moments before. And maybe Carl's not going to Can we Carl point like... out, though, and Charles, please don't take the mic on me. Let me finish my point because it is about the animal, <laughs> but it is important. <laughs> it genuinely is important. Please let me finish. This is important. Right. So I, I think that dreadful challenge as it was, that I think that might have saved the animal ever so slightly. In no, I don't way. think he did anything. I don't think Alan well, did anything. Well, no, I don't think he did either. But what I was concerned about as it was unfolding is that that tackle came in, then everyone leapt on that. And I think had it have, had it have just carried on, there probably would have been something gone on between the two. No, the, ref- the, referee had alre- the referee had already actually called play on and said that there was nothing going on. Because I know what you mean. Because Alan puts his arm up, doesn't he? Alan's Alan, does, Alan is a saint. He does nout wrong. <laughs> Well, no, I'm not saying he has done anything wrong. This is is it. He's not done anything wrong. His arm's just up because he's almost going, what the fuck are you doing going on the floor? (laughs) And the the referee quite clearly waves play on. And Ryan Watson is basically looking for a pass. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, okay, he's dwelling on the ball. I mean, he's he's not had the ball for that length of time all season, Ryan Watson. He's normally hoofing it by now. But, you know, he literally just... Gives, Dean Moxie's just seen red. He's done it as a, a Zidane, hasn't he? He's just seen red and gone. He's and... done a Van Veen, really, hasn't he? <laughs> hey, like, uh, it'll be now. It'll be right in, in that awards uh, awards episode next week. Kev's having yeah. his own section. <laughs> Kev and Moxie. <laughs> sat together um, with the red cards. <laughs> I mean, look, I, the... The game itself was such a good game. We, but there, were, as I said before, there were so many different things that that were happening in it. I mean, it was it was one of those where when the substitutions were being made, and and because Harry Smith came on for Verdane, didn't he? Um, and I think was that at the same time? Who else came? Was that when Ollie Inca yeah. came on as well for, yeah. for the animal? Yeah, um, and I mean. I always kind of, I still kind of when now I feel I feel quite bad saying this almost, but at the start of the season, you know, Harry Smith was our starting striker, wasn't he? And he was the big name signing almost. You know, oh look, we've splashed out some 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 money to go and get this lad from Macclesfield. Um, 
And then it, it didn't quite work in the, the well, Curl was playing like 4-2-3-1, wasn't he? Or 4-2-3-1 or, mm. or something. Um, and it wasn't working. And then Harry Smith got injured, didn't he? Or was it the red card that he got injured. and Vidane came in? I it, think was he it was injured a bit, yeah. And then Vidane comes in and doesn't look back and we've switched to 5-3-2 and everything, or 3-5-2, I should say. And then everything starts falling into place. I won't say it all went, started going right, but obviously it was a lot better um, than it was under the, the previous formation. And Harry Smith's roles, along with Vidane, they, they've reversed because Vidane has become the starting striker and Harry has become the backup. And the we'll throw him on in the last sort of five, ten minutes when we basically need a head on a stick, which isn't really fair because Vidane a head on a stick. <laughs> is that a thing? Head on a stick, Jesse, yeah. That means something a lot different before. It means something a lot different than Obviously does. Weird. He had, um, he had a sighter, didn't he? Oh, Harry. He had a bit of a sighter at the end. It's always my oh, did, didn't he? <laughs> he, kind of, he wanted one, didn't he? He, did, he was like, I'm I, missing out on I'm this. happy he got on the pitch, actually. I yeah, thought, me too. Yeah, he's, he's worked hard to get back in and stuff, and he's going to have a role to play still. So mm. You have to yeah. say, though, I mean, it was his, he did assist Willow's mm. fourth for the fourth. I mean, we were taking the mick at the fourth, let's be honest. You know, the only player ever to have one touch at Wembley and score. It's got to be some sort of record, surely. I mean, it, it's one of those, isn't it? But I will say that when that fourth goal went in, I celebrated so hard, simply because of the fact that, what did I predict last week? 7-0 to Exeter, I think, Charles. Right? Yeah, yeah, 7-0. But what did I... I then went on both Radio 5 Live yeah, and Radio Northampton and predicted 4-0. ITV News, Channel 5 Lunchtime, Good Morning Britain, Swimming, Yeah, Hammer, Cast in the Attic. It's funny because with this whole prediction thing, I was so utterly convinced we were going to lose. That's why you wouldn't make a prediction. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't make predictions for big games like that anyway. I don't even give myself the... I don't. What I, basically, what I said during the day on Monday was I'm not going to allow myself to think anything other than losing because then you're pleasantly surprised when you don't. And I've always been like that in big games. But, I, you know, when you genuinely cannot see how you're going to win it. And I remember, actually, when we played Crew, and I woke up in the morning and I walked downstairs and I went Dawn we're going to lose this and we thrashed him and it's those kinds of days that really stick with you because you're when you're utterly convinced you're going to get slaughtered it's the best feeling ever in it yeah. it is well look, let's move on to the celebrations because we've got to talk about the celebrations when that full-time whistle went I mean I, I'll be honest I wasn't looking at the uh, at the at the TV no, I, I was I was too busy jumping up and down like an idiot in the living room my neighbors went out to take the dog for a walk as I was jumping up and down and they just literally, I, I just saw them and gave them a wave. <laughs> they, they'd got no idea what was going on. <laughs> I ran down my street with my cobbler's scarf and flag. Yes. Brilliant. And nice. all my neighbours were like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Danny? I was in the garden. Just <laughs> preaching on my shirt came up at some point as well. With the chickens. <laughs> yeah, with the chickens. They're dancing around the chickens. <laughs> 
I didn't know what to do, honestly, because because it'd been such a weird finish. It's not like it was two one and we were hanging on, because mm. we basically had that amazing thing of being able to enjoy it for about five minutes of just knowing we were going to win. So I was kind of just on a constant celebration for that time and just waiting for that final whistle. And mm. so I, I tried to pay as much attention to the to the screen as I could, but I just couldn't remember anything. I had to watch it back the next day because I wanted to soak it all in and realise what actually happened and, and actually just watch the players' um, reactions to mm. each other. And because we've come a long way watching this squad of players and you can tell they've got such a, a connection with each other. Um that's been created in that squad and you just want to enjoy watching them enjoy that moment. Um, so I, I've watched it about on about four different channels now just to get different kinds of mm. reactions to I, it and stuff. I mean, my one of my personal highlights from, from the celebrations is watching Adam Morton absolutely lose it. What an absolute legend he is. And, and oh. it just shows, doesn't it? I mean, they literally adore, I think everybody adores him, but those yeah. players just love him. And as much for the players as to watch his face at full time was just a gem. Oh. I mean, it can, says, I, can I just be a little bit, a bit honest here with how I was feeling? I think it got to about, it was definitely after, well, I say after the red card, but yeah, it was, it was around about the red card. I literally just suddenly went, I think we've done it. That early? And wow. Yeah. And, and and the thing was, was that I just, I found myself not really knowing how to feel because all the anxiety and all the worry sort of just left, but it was mm. too early to start celebrating. So I was just like sat there for the rest of the match. I just didn't quite know how I should feel and, and how I did feel. And then Sam scores a third. And I think, I think that that was the moment where I, I went a bit mental because like you guys said, you know, that was the moment that we definitely knew there was no way they were coming back from that. Um, and I, it, it just, everything just then kind of was a massive release of energy mm. and just bosh it was it was just came, it came out and then obviously when the fourth goes in I, I i'm i'm in dreamland i'm yeah. thinking we're in a we're in a wembley final and we're winning four nil i think we all this does that, not huh? happen to the cops started laughing at that point didn't we? yeah <laughs> i was i was really laughing out and i was thinking we're literally taking the mick here like in the like, and and that's such a lovely thing as a Cobblers fan because we've I don't think we've ever been in a position where we're like we're, we're literally just taking the mic here. Like he's he touched the ball once, guys. <laughs> <laughs> did you think? Did you think that actually the fact that there were no fans in the stadium mm. and that the players had to go and pick up their medals off of a table and then go and stand in basically a flying V formation with <laughs> Charlie and, and Keith, you know, either side, two metres apart with a trophy in between them, um, <laughs> to, to lift the trophy. Actually, I thought that was a bit better than the normal rigmarole where the players go up, shake hands mm. with about seven people. Yeah, 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 then yeah. finally the, the captain goes up and gets given the trophy. and, 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 and lift. I actually thought it was better. Yeah. I think... I honestly believe, and I, we could argue about this till the cows come home, literally here in Somerset. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, ha, I, we talked about this on several occasions. I know, I know, Neil said it as well. This might play into our hands 
without any fans. And I honestly believe it's the best thing that could have happened for us in the playoffs. Because I think Keith Curl is a specialist at creating that mentality, like Danny was saying. Mm. And I think he was the only, we now know, he was the only one of those four managers that could mentally prepare himself and his players for that. I, I loved when the when he was being interviewed. He's got the trophy in, untucked under his arm, hasn't he? And he's being interviewed and he's doing the normal Keith Curl kind of post-match interview where he's very straight-faced and everything's just very, you know, well, we've we've gone on a journey and, you know, we've ridden a wave and... Um, and then, well, out of nowhere, Nicky Adams, loads of champagne... <laughs> Loads of laughter, curly whirly. Yeah, that um, was <laughs> and then and then literally the first thing that Curl says that Keith says is I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> but but he then goes straight, straight back, back into media yeah. mode. God I bless him. Straight back. I loved watching. If you watch Keith Curl during that presentation of the trophy, I he just one minute like he's just really like serious and saying right this is what we're going to do you're going to go there you're going to go there and then he just loses the plot for like five seconds and then he goes back <laughs> to yeah. it again yeah that's and it it's, it's amazing. five it's seconds isn't it he just yeah, loses the plot then, amazing yeah. thing to see Love can it. we can we just also just say uh well done keith curl for navigating six fields car park as well yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love he just drove it. back by himself and then just got mobbed yeah <laughs> How on I mean, do, earth do you think, he managed to drive in? I mean, do you think he's just driven the car back to Wembley and thought, oh, I'm just going to pull in here and just go through the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Like... Yeah. But what I love, what I absolutely love about the whole thing is that he's just kind of sat in the car like, hmm, what should I do now? <laughs> should I just like, keep going? Like, how, how do I navigate this? The, the report that I've seen, I think, on, on one of the Facebook pages is that it says... Uh, so a, a nice shiny white car pulls up. Somebody gets out, and then all of a sudden, people go, "That's Keith Curl driving," yeah. and then the car just gets mobbed. And <laughs> it's like, duh. But yeah. I mean, ah, oh, I mean, we we obviously sent Neil to Sixfields, where, where for all we know, that's Could where he still is. He's <laughs> in the bush Hiding somewhere in with the a bush. carrot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we were like. Right, Neil, you've got to go to Sixfields. You've got to go and, and tell us about the celebrations. Tell us what's going on. And he gets there, and then he tells us that he's got 14% battery on his phone. And doesn't have unlikely. an iPhone also, like with a yeah. universal charger. Had so, therefore, so therefore, Karen Keach steps in, does a much better job. Thank legend. you, Karen. And Dominic. Um, what legends. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um I mean, those scenes at Sixfields, I would have, I'd have loved to have been there. I really would have done that. To me, just looked like, and I think because of the fact that it had to be behind closed doors at the game, it just made those celebrations at, at, at home a lot more special, a lot bigger. Yeah, we need yeah, a party. Now, don't we? Yeah. Once yeah, we can get think... together, we need like one giant party yeah. on the pitch. <laughs> I think that it was a release of just complete relief for a lot of people. Mm. The joy over the last 48 hours has just been... I, I wrote a little bit on my Twitter about it because we've missed this so much. And and it is so important for people who don't take any notice of football and think we're all sad because we're 
obsessed with watching football. We're not like this is this is our life and this is a constant that's been in our lives. If ever since we've been born, some of us we've been born into it. I wasn't even born in Northampton, and I'm a Cobblers fan. Um, and it and it's it runs through your veins, and when that's taken away from you, days like that, regardless of whether we were there, whether we had to you know sit in our in our houses and watch it or where we had to gather on the hill and wait for the buses to come home that's what it's about it's not about being the best team in in the league it's about those moments because you won't remember anything that really happened in that game other than we fought, scored four goals but you'll remember what you were doing and where you were when all that unfolded and that's so important to recognize that because football is such a lifeline to so many people and the joy that we have had over the last 48 hours is just incredible. I'm still not down from cloud 459. No, no, it was really interesting. The, the It was Richie Wellens was on, was it the Quest show maybe? Um, the Swindon manager. And they showed mm, pictures yeah. of the Swindon team. Go, they had to formally go out onto the um, county ground pitch and pick up their medals and do like a, a presentation there. And Richie Wellens was saying how disappointing it was that they didn't have a individual moment or like the end of a match where fans can go on the pitch and just to have that moment of celebration, it was more like a really awkward situation. And he wished that in some ways that they'd have gone up through the playoffs instead, because at least then you get that, that moment of scoring the goals that actually make it happen. I yeah. I do think that trophy should have stayed away until the fans could have come back and been just been given whenever no, I, uh, I don't know I, I i like the fact they got to actually go and lift it because just just carl's reaction alone no no not ours swindon's, oh, swindon's no, sorry. Ours. Yeah. yeah no for swindon if you're a swindon fan and i'd feel the same if it was us if you've done all of that work to get to first and then you have to stand on a pitch two meters apart and just hold a trophy like here yeah. you go like, yeah, but the post. thing is, is that fans fans aren't going to be allowed back in until, what, November at least? I, I mean, at the <laughs> end of the day, you can't just hold off on a trophy presentation until halfway through the next season. <laughs> Can you imagine? Right, let's just, just, just hang on a minute. We've got the trophy from last year. We're in the relegation zone. We're 24 points adrift. <laughs> <laughs> you have got a point. That was probably a stupid remark from me. Please carry on. I'm Nicky Adams, and it's all cobblers to me. As well as all of the celebrations and watching the, the the football and how good that was, how good was our live show afterwards? <laughs> oh I mean, we, we had some fantastic, um, three fantastic live previews that we did in the build-up over the course of these playoffs. Um, the first one being on Zoom. Thank you to everybody that came along to watch that. Um, and then the other two that were on Facebook, they were just really, really good. Really good fun as well, weren't they, guys? So good, yeah, really, really good. Just to just to chat with people, and when when we haven't got the games to go to, there's there's the huge part of it that we miss is the pre and post game chat, like a beer before the game, or like chatting afterwards, or even at half time and stuff, like moaning about the game. Um, but we knew, I think, from the start that we're not going to go on Facebook Live if we've lost. There's literally we wouldn't be in the mood to. But when it got to three 0 we're like, yeah, let's go back on, let's go back on, we'll do it again, <laughs> and uh, predictably. Went to about three o'clock. Poor old, poor old Matt from Cobbler's Vlogs was came on as a guest, and ended up staying the whole night as the host. It's, it's just, it's just there going. I can, yeah, I can't go yet, can I? He, he stayed on longer than I did. Is I, I was. <laughs> I have to say, I was particularly concerned um, because bless him, Charles had quite a heavy night. 
Um, I was concerned <laughs> for his and Neil's safety. I was all Danny's quite sensible, generally. He's the sense. He's the sensible podcast member. So I wasn't concerned about Danny, uh, mostly because he texted us at six o'clock and said morning. So I knew he was alive. But I was really concerned about Charles at yesterday, and I am still quite concerned about Neil because he seems to still be at Sixfield somewhere. So I mean, I w- it was it was mega, wasn't it? It, it it was brilliant. And I mean, I loved just seeing... We, we got a few emails um, yesterday and uh, a few tweets and messages. There was one in particular. Um, we got a brand new Patreon um, supporter. Um, we've had a few in the last few days. Um, I will actually just go and find exactly who you are to say thank you to all of you individually now. Um, but this was from Gareth Kingston and his wife, Valerie who just sent us a message, if I can find it, messages, there we go. Um, Basically to say, you know, thank you for it. And, you know, this is us. And it basically, this is what Gareth uh, sent to us on Patreon. He just put, the post Cheltenham away and post Wembley experience was so memorable down to your Facebook Live. It only seemed fair to subscribe and repay it in a small way. So this is a subscription on behalf of my fiance Valerie, who is an avid listener. Hello, Valerie. And myself in gratitude for making a special season denouement that bit more special. And I, I just I just thought we can't go the podcast this week without mentioning that I, I, and yeah, it sounds a little bit like we've blown our own trumpet, I suppose. But at the end of the day, the fact that fans weren't allowed in the grounds over these three games and, and that we could do something to, you know, sort of keep it all going fan-wise. Um, I, I'm really proud of what we've managed to do. And, and just to say thank you very much to each and every one of you who have either, um, you know, watched any of those live streams, just listened to the podcast in the last few um, days and, and, and weeks, you know, all of that has been absolutely brilliant. So thank you very much to all yeah. of you. Uh, as I said, I, I will just go through the people that have recently um, come on board on the Patreon. Um, so we've got Ben Barker, Gareth and Valerie, as I said, and also Robert Sammons. So thank you very much to all of you guys for going on to the Patreon. If you'd like to join them, then you can just head over to cobblers2me.com forward slash Patreon for all of the details as to what you need to do. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to have you on board and then you'll get to see lots of additional extra content. Who knows? We might even make a documentary of what happened to Neil after Wembley <laughs> just for you, Patreon fans. <laughs> uh, right. So before we go, a couple of other talking points. Danny, I know you wanted to bring up something that's a little bit more serious. Yeah, I did. And I didn't want to like completely um, take away from Wembley, but I think this is just a really important thing that happened on social media and social media can be such a bugger sometimes and something that's happened to one of our uh, female players from the ladies team Seska Partridge who was on uh, basically just posted a picture of herself on social media um, talking about her achievements um, in football um, dickhead man comes on and says women's football what do you mean should be netball or something along those lines um, which we probably see every day on social media but the fact is that she's turned around and completely stood up to it, um, wrote a massively um, 
well, just a really well-written response, not a yeah. not a response that's really kind of attacking the guy, but just a really grown-up response and the fact that she's responded to it and she's come back to it in the way she does. It just makes me think, with, with everything else that's going on in the world that we're doing, this sort of thing needs to be highlighted more, the fact that people are standing up to stuff like this. It's just such an idiotic comment we've made to her, but it's one that can have such a massive impact on a player's career, particularly a women's footballer's career, that the fact that she's been able to have the strength to come and say something about it and raise awareness of it, of this single comment, shows how much, you know, how much it, an impact it can have by actually standing up and saying something. And I think it's such a, it's a big thing that we all need to take into football when we go back into the stands in terms of whether it's um, anti-racist, um, sexist, or something about people, someone's sexuality or whatever, we just, football can be a, such a beast sometimes in terms of what comes from the stand that we all need to just take, know, take an insight into what's happened here and follow that lead because until we do, then it's not going to, like this sort of stuff's not going to be eradicated from the game. So um, really just wanted to big up Seska's um, response to, to that. Well said, Danny. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, next season. Yay! Let's end the pod Yay! with this. <laughs> what, what a great next thing, season. By the way. What a great thing to be sat here going into a summer knowing you're promoted. I forgot what oh, great feeling that is. You can look forward to and how <laughs> and, and how much better or weirder or, or, or just, just fantastic does it feel? Because to me, I don't know about you guys, but it, it was an unexpected thing. You know, go back to losing 2-0 to Cheltenham in the first leg. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd not given up as such, but I think in my heart, I was going, we'll still do this. But my head was saying, oh, it's very unlikely now. Prepare yourself for the disappointment kind of thing. So it feels so much better. And not to mention the fact that, you know, if the season had carried on, then who knows? We we may well have been overtaken by Port Vale or maybe even a couple of other teams as well, just, just going by the form that we were on. So the fact that it's such an unexpected promotion for me makes it feel all the sweeter. I think, go back to sort of 2016, we knew we'd been promoted for a few weeks towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit like you got you had time to get used to it. Whereas now it's like, I mean, it's July. <laughs> it's July and, and we've just been promoted to League One and the, and the next season's going to start in about a month or so. Well, so, I mean, it's... September now, surely, wasn't it? Well, I think that two two dates have been have been raised. I think today from oh, what really? I've seen, the twenty ninth okay. of August, so oh, it is next month. That's bank holiday, so that'll be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, but anyway, I, I just think that it, it kind of makes it all the better that it's been so quick and, as I said, unexpected for me. Um, but to finish the pod this week, what games are we looking forward to next season? That's what I want to know: is what games are you looking forward to? in League One next season? Um, on, a, on a personal note, um, I Did think... you I, say Plymouth? No, 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 no. <laughs> on a personal, a personal note, note... I'm looking forward to Alan McCormack coming back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but, um, on a personal note, one of my dad's best mates is a, a real lifelong Bristol Rovers fan. And for forever, since I can remember, every time we've played Bristol Rovers, we've gone and done the corporate hospitality at the club. And I have to say, it is outstanding. If you've not done it and you can afford to do it, it is fantastic. Give it a go. Um, and it is 
horrible when either we drop out of a league or they drop out of a league or we're not quite in the same league. And it's two days of the season that we miss out because we do both home and away and it is the best day out. And Northampton Town and all the staff really look after us when we go into the hospitality. Hospitality. I can't say that word. Hospitality. 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 Um, <laughs> That's how you got to speak when you go in there. We, we, rock <laughs> yeah. up, we rock up with the, the strongest Somerset accent you'll ever hear and two Bristol Rovers fans. <laughs> and they are so kind and they look after us all. And it's a brilliant day out. And I have missed it so much because... The last time we did it, we lost 6-0 to Mr. Rovers and it was rubbish. <laughs> so I really want us to come back and slaughter them so I can sing the whole way home. And Pete the Plumber has to buy us our Indian for the bet if we win. Please. Brilliant. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Danny, what about you, mate? Yeah, I'll, well, I'll be in Bristol. I'll be moving to Bristol in You're going to uh, come with August. us, Danny. Well, your, your hospitality might be around my house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a cup of tea and a pop tart. Um, <laughs> tart, yes. I honestly, it's got to be Peterborough, isn't it? Because how amazing would it be for Keith Kell to shit out a win against them? And how? Oh. I mean, I know we've played them a couple of times in the EFL Champions League and stuff, but it's not the same as a proper full-on, full-blooded derby, is it? And the, no. the way that we play at the moment, compared <laughs> compared to how they set their stall out and how they're all like properly silky and they've got the best Mambi, young players Mambi. whatever yeah exactly they would absolutely <laughs> hate us to beat us to beat them probably more oh. than any other time in the history at the moment if we're playing like this and they play the way they are i mean can you imagine if we went and beat them <laughs> but um that that's the one that stands out and i think the other ones i was looking at just the ones coming down from the championship obviously over the back fence at luton stands out we always have a decent time there um but then you've got You've got Barnsley, who's not that much of a draw, but then there's quite a group of fairly big teams that could potentially come down from the championships, which at the moment is Hull, Stoke, Middlesbrough and Huddersfield, that you know you look at and think they should be punching at the top of the championship at the very least, if, and they have been in the Premier League in the last last few years. Decent stadiums, mm-hmm. good fan base and stuff. And But on a whole, League One, how much better is it to be in that league and to look at the types of team that are going to come to our place and fill the fill the away end and we get to go on some of the big oh, nights. Yes. We get, we're going to be, mm-hmm. could be on Netflix, like I said, on the, on the stream, Charles. On <laughs> <laughs> the next yeah, series of Sun- Until Sun- I Die, we've got... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. in the documentary. Cobbler's Rock Up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just so much more. There's also the potentially Wigan as well after they've been handed their... Uh, yeah, well, they've gone into administration, haven't they? Keep them up. They no, well, no, I... I want that. <laughs> I I just look at it and I go there there's a lot of there's a lot of clubs that that I can go to that are big that are near or you know near enough for me to travel to and w- Wigan would be the closest Wigan would be literally hop on a train and 10 minutes later I'm at the JJB or DW or whatever it's called nowadays mm. um you know so it's an easy easy day out for me um to go to Wigan mm. um but I mean, the fact that I, I mean, I've been to Sunderland before for the for the was it Carling Cup back then um, yeah. when we lost on penalties. Um, I, I, I've been there, but it, it's a great a great stadium to go to. Um, it would be great to to win at that kind of stadium. So many big clubs. If Huddersfield do come down, I mean, again, that's another decent enough journey for me to to make, and it's it's a good. It's a good game. I remember when I was at uni, we were always in the same league as Huddersfield and I went every year and it was really good. 
um, going to such a nice big stadium um, and, and and watching the Cobblers. I mean, we didn't always win. Um, I seem to remember getting hammered there as well once. But, you know, it, it's just... <laughs> yeah, but you are right. There are so many big teams for next season. There's so many big games. Um, I mean, Peterborough is the obvious one. You're quite right. But, I mean, there'll also be... Um, I mean, MK will bring, uh, even though they say that there's no derby and we say that there's no derby, they'll still bring shed loads of fans and sell out the R away end. Well, and we'll, we'll just still prove, do the same with theirs. We'll just prove it is it, there, there's no derby because we don't need a derby from them because they're plastic. So we'll, we <laughs> but, will turn up with our plastic chairs and we'll inevitably <laughs> celebrate when we shit out our way to a free two. The return, the return of the plastic chair. It's going to be back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, there's loads, isn't there? Absolutely loads for next. Yeah, I was just season. looking at the playoffs. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Just looking at the playoffs as well. We probably want Fleetwood to go up. I mean, sorry, uh, well, not sorry, but uh, to be talking about the playoffs, Peterborough, uh, maybe next year. Um, <laughs> but you look at you got Wickham, Oxford, Portsmouth. You think you'd like them to stay down, and Fleetwood you couldn't really care that much about. So hopefully they win the playoffs, and unless Wickham win the playoffs and just throw Bayo back to us. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Bayo in the championship. Can you imagine? <laughs> Amazing. I-, I was just going to put a public service announcement out for Keith Curl. <laughs> Keith, if you do one thing in League One, please prioritise Peterborough. I don't care how we win it. I don't care when we win it. But please, somehow, will you get us a victory there? I don't care how it's done. Please. And and keep us in League One as well. That would be handy as well. That Thank would also everyone. be handy, but, you know. We're taking each day at a time. Brilliant. That's it for this week. It's All Cobblers to Me is a Vibrant Sound Media production. Um, we'll, we'll be back next week. Next week, we're going to do our annual review of the season and awards show. It's a fantastic show that we do uh, every year. You're going to absolutely love it. I know Danny's going to love it. Kevin Van Veen probably won't. Um, but <laughs> hopefully... Neil will be back with us. We'll find him. Who knows where he's gone. If you've seen him, please let us know he's all right. (laughs) I'm sure he is. Lost in a bush after having too much fun with a flare. Uh, Thanks for listening. See you next week. E-I-E-I-E-I-O. Get in, you ginger beauty. Bye, Ash. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.